everyone. Welcome to another episode of Radical Research on the HR Happy Hour podcast. I'm excited to be joined today by tech entrepreneur, radio host, and financial expert, Elise Glink, who is the CEO of Best Money Moves. Welcome, Elise. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Hi, Madeline. It's really nice to be here. Awesome. Well, Elise, I love to, to chat with you always because you know so many things about being in technology, but also on the financial side. And you are never afraid to have the tough conversations, which I think so many of us shy away from around money, around finances, around financial stress specifically. And it certainly has been quite a year with everything everybody is going through individually, and then everything companies are going through. What have you seen? How has financial stress and well-being really changed over this past year? Well, it's been quite a year. Uh, COVID has meant that over 15% of all people lost their jobs. More than half of the workforce, uh, 52% of households either lost income, lost a job, you know, had a forced furlough, had some sort of financial hit. And so financial stress went through the roof. And what we saw from Best Money Moves, where we actually measure employee financial stress, that's our job. Uh, We saw stress levels go extremely high, especially in the areas of sort of daily managing money uh, and mortgages. People were having a hard time making mortgage payments um, through, through a big part of it. What we've seen, though, is that as the uh, economy has worked through the pandemic, more people are going back to work. There's been a tremendous level of government support. Uh, Stress levels have come back down again, but we see them go up and down as the number of COVID cases goes up and down as well. And so it's just been really a unique time to be monitoring employee financial stress. That's so interesting, Elise. So you're actually seeing that the the financial stress is being impacted as the COVID cases go up and down. Exactly. They are. And people just get really nervous about it. In fact, I we have seen a, a kind of a confirmation of this through um, something that Equifax has done called the COVID and Credit uh, Confidence Survey. I think it's called the Co- uh, Credit Comp. Consumer Credit Confidence Survey, that's it. Um, So what they did is they also have been measuring how people feel about financial stress and feel about the medical um, and emotional sides of things with COVID. And they've seen exactly the same thing that we've seen with Best Money Moves. That is so interesting. Maybe you could share with everybody listening a little bit about what you track with Best Money Moves and how you're actually tracking that financial stress. Sure. So uh, Best Money Moves is a technology platform, and we have something called a stressometer, which is one of our our key ways that we measure financial stress. And we break financial stress, the idea of it, down into 15 component pieces. Each one can be measured on a scale of 1 to 10. So users come into the platform, they measure whatever's bothering them. Maybe it's elder care, or maybe it's health care, or managing money, maybe it's a relationship problem. And so they measure the level of stress. And then what our uh, algorithms do is they pick up what's being measured and what level of stress is being measured. And then they use, uh, we use AI and machine learning to drive um, helpful tools, information, products, solutions directly to the employee at their point of pain. So that's really what, what Best Money Moves does. But this idea that you can measure financial stress, I think is pretty re- real and, and we do it every day. Yeah. And it's, and uh, what I like about what Best Money Moves does is it's personal, but it's private too. So it, you know, it doesn't feel as 
uh, scary at the, you're going to your manager and talking about your your personal needs. Yeah, nobody wants the manager to know that you're freaked out about paying your healthcare deductible. But right. what we do provide managers and the HR admin of the system with is a high level statistical look at what it is that their employees are financially stressed about. So we give them back statistical data on that, um, on the employee uh, credit scores, the high, the low, and the average. Um, we have uh, some other different measurement tools that are built into the platform and they get a look statistically only at all of that. At their whole workforce. Yeah, mm -hmm. excellent. So stress and financial stress has been through the roof. It's sort of calmed down a little bit. What impact, and you and I have had lots of conversations about this, what impact does this have on organizational performance if people are feeling overwhelmed in their personal lives with their own personal finances? Yeah, you know, it's super interesting. There's been a lot of talk about this, and you, we've seen a whole bunch of numbers, but the bottom line is financial unwellness, your employee's financial unwellness, is super expensive for employers. They're much more likely to be addicted, overweight, have increased workplace accidents, negative coworker interactions, unexplained absences, higher healthcare costs with worse outcomes. They're more than twice as likely to be looking for a new job, which frankly might not have been a problem when you were looking to let people go, but will be a problem going forward if you don't solve it. And then also one misnomer that people have is that only their lower wage employees have financial stress. Nothing could be further from the truth. And in fact, 25% of employees who earn over $150,000 a year are financially stressed as well and are trying to even you know, live paycheck to paycheck. So there's really a, a strong ROI for employers who are trying to fix this problem. Yeah, and they're so closely related. And I think we don't talk about this in our workplace or when we think about employee experience enough, it's the impact that financial stress has on organizational performance? Well, typically, you know, an employee will uh, spend between three and five work hours a week worrying about and trying to fix their personal finances. I mean, that's time that you're not getting them to do what you're paying them to do. And so if everything else remains the same, everything else is equal, you still are losing three to five work hours a week. Presenteeism is directly impacted by financial stress. Absolutely. And physical well-being as well. So mm -hmm. I, it's just, it takes a toll. It does. It does. And it's really, you know, what employers haven't quite figured out yet is you can't just do lip service when it comes to financial stress. You can't say to your employees, oh, well, we have all these point solutions for you. You need to find a way to bring them all together and have them work together to make sense. And one of the great um, trends that I've seen over the last four years that we've been working on Best Money Moves and introducing it to the, you know, the workforce is that employees need one place to go when it comes for their, to their money. And while you know, it's fabulous if you have like a Ben Admin platform, and that can be sort of the place that you start that journey, you really need a place that takes all of the benefits that you are already providing, but has them work together so that the employee really understands how to take the best advantage of them. Because Madeline, I know you know this, and everybody listening knows this, the last time people typically look at their benefits is on the day they're hired and they check off, yes, that's the salary I agreed to. Yes, there's a 401k and yes, there's healthcare. I'm done. And they almost yep. never turn the page and they almost never go back to it. And so five years later, you know, you, the employee, your life has changed. You're married, divorced, you've got kids, you, you know, they graduated, whatever. And the employer, you've now added all this other stuff into the platform. And if there's no one place that's 
kind of uses technology to personalize those benefits and customize those benefits, the employee never knows what's there. And so that's really what we're after and where we're evolving as a platform with Best Money Moves. So what are most companies doing today if they're not using Best Money Moves and if they're just using um, you know, their benefits administration platform? What, are they doing anything beyond that to support employees? Or is this just something that's left to the employee to kind of figure out on their own? Mostly, I think it's left to the employees to figure out on their own. You know, when we talk to companies, they say, well, we have a student debt reduction thing. And over here, we've got, you know, maybe a salary linked loan that's available. But they don't seem to have a place where they've got huge amounts of information that work with those um, those uh, solutions to actually give them some context and help employees navigate them. I think that's really what's missing. We're starting to see it, uh, this kind of evolution of these platforms where they're trying to do more, they're bringing in more artificial intelligence. And I'm all for that, right? Because if you can personalize the journey that somebody in your workforce has, and you can make them feel valued by the information and the support you're giving them, you're going to have a happier employee and they're going to be a more successful employee. And at the end of the day, it's really what every employer wants. Right, right. It's that it's a personal um, support that they're typically not getting. Yeah, we call it contextual benefit navigation and support, right? So we, we believe that all benefits are actual financial benefits, right? They all have some sort of a dollar number that you can attach to them. And, you know, when an employee really understands that, it's very powerful. Unfortunately, it just doesn't happen too often. Right. So let's talk about well-being as just a broader topic for a second, because it's such an important topic today. And I think, especially with the pandemic, everything's around well-being and safety and companies are looking at, you know, what programs they have in place and rethinking their communication. There's just so much around well-being. But well-being's not just limited to the physical. You know, there's obviously the financial, which we're talking about now, and there's, um, you know, mental health is an important piece of that too. Do you see companies making that shift to a broader view of well-being or when they're talking about well-being, is it really just about the physical aspect of it? Well, what we're seeing is that we're being invited into a conversation that up until now was really only about kind of weight and yoga, right? And maybe eating a little bit better. But what we're seeing now is that companies are looking at pillars of total well-being as inclusive of financial well-being, mental well-being, physical well-being, right? So you get this whole emotional, financial, physical connected together. And in fact, the platforms that we're talking to, you know, and and starting to build in Best Money Moves, many of them are health platforms. So the health platforms themselves, whether it's, you know, a big um, healthcare company or it's a, a, a concierge health company, you know, these companies that have 3 million, 2, 3, 4 million people in them, they're starting to recognize that the financial and health components and mental components all work together. And you saw this play out really with the pandemic, right? I don't know how many times I held my head in my hands in this last year and went, I think I'm losing my mind. Yeah. And 
I, I think we're not alone in that, right? It's for some people, they got the COVID 15 pounds, right? Just like when they went to college. <laughs> uh, some people, you know, their COVID 15 was actually feeling like their, their ends of their brain were coming apart and they started to try and find somebody that they could work with online. And thankfully, therapists everywhere said, yeah, Zoom works for this. Yep. And then, you know, on, a, on another health thing, we saw a whole lot of people postpone um, regular checkups, uh, dental checkups, uh, regular mammograms, things that they normally do simply because they felt like either they didn't want to go into that situation or they were worried that they might catch COVID, whatever it was. But people worried about everything this year. And what's nice is uh, for me to see that the financial worries and the physical worries are all being placed, given equal weight along with mental worries in terms of the employer response. And I just think it's a really positive step forward for employee wellness overall. That's a really positive step. And I think, uh, you know, there's, we hear so much about employee care and as being kind of the core to employee experience today. And I think that encompasses all of that, all of that. Yeah. Well, when you can introduce, um, you know, mental health options at the click of a button. And there's some right. companies that are doing that now. And when you can do financial options right at the click of the button, whatever you need as an employee becomes available to you. And that's where the personalization and customization of benefits comes into play. Because what you want is the solution that's available at the click of a button just when you need it. And so letting employees know what they have and what's available to them is part of the game. It's a very proactive approach, which I think is very different than how this all used to be addressed in the workforce. It used to be wait till your employees are having a complete and total meltdown um, about their financial situation or about their mental health. You know, wait till they they need to be hospitalized, and then we'll start to think about what we're going to do. This approach is let's offer it to everyone. Everyone has financial stress. You know, it's not just certain people. It's not just people that. Um, you know, are struggling to pay their mortgage. I think everyone faces a level of financial stress and everyone faces a level of, of mental health that needs to be addressed. And when we make it simple and personalized, we're just, you know, broadening who can get access to that. Oh, absolutely. I, I wish I could share with you this image that I created years ago for a presentation. It's, it's a bell curve, basically, where when you start out your journey, you're getting out of school, you've got some credit card debt, you've got some student loans. But as you age into your 30s and 40s and you start to have kids, you buy a house, you buy a first car, maybe you buy a second car. Now you've got a second kid or a third kid and you're starting to plan for all these things you know, that they need you're in your 30s, 40s, and 50s, and the expenses start to really mount. And all of these different obligations that you have weigh on you. And so when you're in a, a work situation, you know, you're not just thinking about, you know, earning money for you. Typically, you're thinking about earning money for those that you love, you know, to contribute to a household. And there's so many different layers of financial stress, right? A lot of times I think people treat it as one big ball that sits on top of your head. But in reality, it's insurance worries and car worries and it's, you know, the daily expenses. And then the, you know, we have medical issues and somebody gets sick and somebody loses a job or changes careers, whatever it is, all of that builds up and up and up to a point where then you're, you're like, oh, and now I need to think about retirement because I'm in my forties and fifties. And so having employers who are, you know, employers will sometimes say to me, well, all I want is for my employees to be retirement ready. And I say to those employers, 
I get it. Retirement readiness is a real thing. You want people to feel like they can leave your workforce so you can get new, younger employees in. But we have to help them deal with the day-to-day challenges they're facing today. And once we do that, then they're going to focus on their future. So let me help you identify the challenges of today. And let me help you solve those so that we can get in and really work on these issues that are big for you. Exactly. So Elise, what what are you seeing as you speak about kind of layoffs and, you know, companies thinking about what they're going to do for furloughs and, and moving forward with their workforce? And so many people lost their job over the past year. Are companies doing anything to support individuals that were either laid off or, you know, any anyone that's kind of on a furlough today? Are you seeing more support than in the past or is there any recommendations you'd provide to companies? Right. I I think the biggest amount of support came from the federal government. It kind of gave companies the all clear to let their employees go, knowing that they would get an extra $600 a week or an extra $300 a week on top of whatever regular unemployment benefits they were entitled to. And I think that helped companies probably recover more quickly, right? Because they didn't have to worry so much about it. But you know, now people are coming back, right? You see the whole hospitality industry is about to open up. Southwest is going to rehire all of its flight attendants. United's going to hire another thousand, 2000 pilots. Um, People are now being hired back to work at hotels. Like all of this is amazing news. When you bring people back, the advice that I would give you as an employer in say the hospitality industry, any industry really, is, you know, think about how you can support your employees through this um, journey from the day that they come on board until the day that they leave you and support them financially. Obviously you're paying them, but give them the other tools that they need to personalize the experience. Today's employees need to feel, I think, heard and seen. And the only way to do that when you have a huge workforce is through artificial intelligence and platforms like ours and others that allow you, the employer, to personalize uh, through your own benefits and, and leverage the technology to serve your own ends. But in, but in this case, it helps everybody. And I think that going back after COVID, it's going to make people feel a, a lot more comfortable knowing that their employer is really looking out for them. Yeah, that they feel supported and they have that, that personalization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So Elise, what would be, and you've already given so much advice, how, what would be like the one piece of advice you would give to both individuals as they kind of navigate the next year and financial stress is weighing heavy and to employers as they're looking to support their their workforce with this financial stress? Well, to the employee, I would say, uh, you know, you did a great job of deleveraging, paying down your debt last year and and deferred gratification, right? Just putting off until as as far as you can, non-essential purchases. And I'd say to you, you know, it's the employee, keep it up, keep sticking money aside. We're not out of this yet. Something else could happen. We want to be, you want to be as secure as you can be. To the employer, I would say, you know, really consider a a financial wellness technology platform like Best Money Moves that allows you to build in all your own benefits and use our partners and leverage our artificial intelligence so that your employees know that for anything they need to know about their benefits, about how to help themselves and solve their own problems, they know there's one trusted place to go that is employer approved 
and they don't have to go looking online and wondering whether somebody's going to take advantage of them or not. That's really the benefit to bringing in financial wellness into your company because left to their own devices, employees will find a way to you know, run into trouble and then helping them get out of that kind of trouble if they've been scammed, for example, is a much more difficult journey than simply giving them the best information, tools and solutions right up front. And you can do it at you know, such a low price today that it makes all the sense in the world to do it. Yeah, and it becomes a day-to-day thing, right? I think for both of your pieces of advice to individuals, which is you know, kind of continue to do what you're doing and, and put money aside and, and stay secure. And then to employers, which is make this part of the daily experience for employees. So we're not waiting till we're in crisis mode or we're not waiting until the stress is, is, is too much. We have to look, let's look every day. Yeah, don't be afraid to talk about this. You know, the, the companies that we have that see the best results, Madeline, are the ones where uh, the CEO or the head of HR stands up and says, hey, this month we're going to do a webinar on this. And don't be afraid to check in on your finances and upload your expenses. And, you know, we're also looking at this um, and, and we don't have all the answers, but here's where you can get them. When companies are, are willing to raise awareness that they recognize that their employees have financial issues and that they've provided a solution, there's such a positive result. The problem is that companies worry that if they say to their employees, we know you're struggling, the only answer they're going to get back is, yeah, give us a raise, and that won't be doable. But in it's a good fear, and I understand it. It's just not a real, it's not real. It's not what happens. Instead, what happens when you raise awareness that you have tools and solutions is that employees gravitate to them. And if you don't ever say anything, then they don't know that they're there. And so you lose both ways. But but if you raise awareness and you talk about money and you give cover to employees to talk about money, good things flow from that. I love it. Let's talk about money. I think that's great advice. Um, Thank you so much, Elise. I always learn so much when I talk to you. So I really appreciate you coming on the show and spending some time with me and, and with everyone to, to share this great, this great expertise. Where can, where can people that want to know more about you, want to know more about Best Money Moves find you? Oh, thanks, Madeline. Um, go to bestmoneymoves.com, just the way it sounds, and you can click on and talk to me directly or uh, send me an email, Elise, at bestmoneymoves.com. Excellent. Thank you so much, Elise. Thank you everyone for joining us today for another episode of Radical Research. It's been a pleasure, Madeline. Thank you.